Alrighty, everybody. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We are digging out here in the Northeast from a uh, pretty aggressive snowstorm, uh, dumping about 12 to 18, to 18 inches of snow here in the metropolitan area. One year ago today, Wiz, the Kansas City Chiefs were winning their second Super Bowl in team history. And uh, as we head into Super Bowl week, here we go. Groundhog Day. Uh, is it going to be a repeat? We, we have to see how that goes. Uh, we're going to certainly get into the game as the week progresses. But, uh, you know, Wiz, I, I, I'd like you to kind of talk about what we're going to get involved with with this particular podcast. Yeah, I think the uh, quarterback merry-go-round, if you will, musical chairs, carousel, whatever is is, is so interesting where – you know, at first at first glance, you're probably more than half the teams in the NFL who will not have the starting quarterback next year that ended the season for them this year. So it's always which, interesting. Which so I would I say just, that that's pretty historic. Like to to be looking it at it really is. Yeah, I, I I think for our listeners, like I I I think normally you come into a season there might be seven or eight situations that kind of change from from season to season. You know, we've had some of this older generation of quarterbacks beginning to move out of the league this year. Two big guys in Philip Rivers and, and Drew Brees leaving the league, so that's part of this. But then there's this kind of, look. There's kind of be some buyer's remorse out there. Uh, certainly, the relationship between Sean McVay. Uh, how that deteriorated uh, in terms of Jared Goff running that offense. Um, you know that that's one situation, and there's, and and that's that's just one of the, the the many that are kind of evolving right now. And yeah, I think to your point, I think we're looking at a situation where potentially half the teams have new starting quarterbacks in tw- for the twenty twenty one season, which is which to me is a crazy crazy number. Yeah, it really is, and what you know you 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 have you have just every possible scenario. You have disgruntled quarterbacks who want to get out of there. You have free agent quarterbacks. You have disappointment quarterbacks. You have quarterbacks that may want to go to certain destinations. You have certainly um, the draft where there are more than likely going to be five quarterbacks taken in the first round. So you have it everywhere from contract disputes, free agents, draft and uh this is going to be uh, as you said a uh, a uh, a wild situation and uh, something we we have not seen before in the NFL where i remember you know years and years ago where you know the quarterback position there was a, a lot of stability and you have these veteran quarterbacks who would just be playing with the same team forever but my goodness uh, times have changed in the NFL yeah, and I think, you know, the, the interesting part of this, you know, there may not be enough seats at the table here, you know, for the amount of people. Like, you think about it. Five, say, say four or five quarterbacks do get drafted in, in the first round of this upcoming NFL draft, and you sprinkle in a few more quarterbacks in the, in the latter rounds, and you have all these other quarterbacks that are kind of shuffling around. Obviously, some of them are going to be backup quarterbacks. You know, we mentioned, you mentioned Eason from Indianapolis. I mentioned Mariota, where he potentially ends up. But there's just so many different combinations that you could come away with to try to figure out which direction it goes. And, and, and the biggest thing is the derivative effects of where these quarterbacks land and what that means um, you know, from an impact standpoint for the offensive skill players on those teams. 
Yeah, definitely. So I thought what would be interesting, we just, you know, take it team by team. And obviously, you know, some teams we're not going to analyze the quarterback spot. Like if we start off in the AFC East, you know, you don't need to think about the Buffalo Bills. Uh, but the other three teams, uh, the Dolphins, the Patriots, and Jets, all have interesting situations where one, you know, the Patriots don't really have anything set at quarterback and the Jets and Dolphins have two relatively young quarterbacks, especially the Dolphins, where there are rumblings about offers being made or if the team is going to move on from them. So why don't you start us off in the AFC East? We don't need to go over Buffalo. Why don't you just give us your thoughts on uh, the Dolphins, the Pats, and the Jets, and your predictions, and these are just fun. I'm going to make them also, of who you think will be the starting quarterback for those teams at the start of next season. Yeah, so I'm going to start with the Patriots, which I think is one of the more complicated situations because if you think back to why Tom Brady is not a New England Patriot, a lot of it had to do with kind of the offensive personnel there. So I think they're capable at the running back position, but you know this is a team with literally no wide receiver or, or tight end talent, um, at least at the moment on the surface. They, they drafted two tight ends last year. They got a little bit of production from Jacoby Myers. You know, I think the one thing we got to look through, I mean, Cam Newton uh, actually caught more touchdown passes in the last two months of the season than any of his wide receivers did. Uh, so that's that, <laughs> now that could be that could be more on Cam Newton himself than it is on those receivers. But I don't think you know, aside from the Patriots having a bit of a legacy and reputation with Bill Belichick running the team, there's not a lot of talent there. I think that's a complicated one. To me, the most likelihood situation here where it looks like I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a San Francisco 49er anymore and I think the likelihood that he becomes the quarterback of the New England Patriots to me given that I think Belichick really likes this player I know there was a disagreement at least it seems so between him and Robert Kraft so I look at that as a situation that's 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 one that's very likely in my opinion Um, and, and the other two teams I think really are front and center in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes because of the draft capital that they hold. Um, You know, I think in the case of Tua, probably a quarterback with more NFL promise at this point in time. I think you'd probably agree with that statement. To me, I think you made a great point last week talking about the hires at at the coaching spot for the Jets. So I think Sam Darnold will probably remain the quarterback of the Jets and they'll try to build around this draft. But I think I think in the case of of Deshaun Watson and the and the Dolphins, to me that seems like the most likely landing spot. And Jeff fans probably not going to want to hear that, but I think Deshaun Watson as the Miami quarterback sounds to me just because of the draft and the quarterback that they'll be able to offer in the trade as the most likely landing spot for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I mean, so I'm with you on the Patriots. I, I think there's familiarity with, with Patriots and Garoppolo, and I think there's enough people in that organization that want Garoppolo, and then you combine that with San Francisco is probably ready to move on. And then on top of that, the Patriots are just not the team that's going to be offering a truckload to get a Deshaun Watson. Um, not that they have the ability to do it anyhow. And uh, I thought it was absolutely stunning when the comment from Matt Stafford was to his agent, anywhere except the Patriots. I mean, 
it's just is a, a different world. This is a, now, now, a team look, that wins I, the Super Bowls almost every other year. Matt Stafford is telling his agent and the Lions, "I'm not going to the Patriots." Can I ask you two? There. Can I ask you two questions on that? Like, how much of that? Like, is it is it a situation? Because I did hear some rumblings that Stafford wanted to play in California. There's a weather impact to that. Do you think it's a combination of of being underneath that kind of Bill Belichick umbrella that he didn't like the feel of that, or or is it? such that the, the offensive talent there was just so depleted that he didn't feel like it was a place at this point in his career he could win now. I think it's more the latter. I mean, I, you know, I don't think Matt Stafford, you know, look, does anyone want to be in the shadow of Tom Brady? No, but Matt Stafford would be up for that challenge. I just think he's looking at that surrounding talent and the competition in that division and just saying, no, not, not for me. Um, yeah, I, I want to go to a place where I could be the guy that now puts this team into the Super Bowl and wins the Super Bowl. And based on the Rams the last couple of years, there's no reason uh, to think that that was not a good choice. So I agree back to the Patriots with Garoppolo going there. I'm with you. Of course, I'm going to stick with my thoughts on the Sam Donald situation as well. And, you know, the difference between the Jets and the Dolphins is – that the Jets are more than just Deshaun Watson away from being a Super Bowl contender. Like, if they made trades where they traded a player in their draft equity and their two and their 23 in the future, they're not a player away. I agree with Miami. If Miami wants to go all in, they have the draft equity, they could put two in the trade, that trade would make the most sense. With that being said, we're doing this for fun, and I have in my mind a different destination for Deshaun Watson, which I'll get to a little bit later. So I can see it, but I still have Tua sticking with the Dolphins. But certainly if the Dolphins, I knew their organization was going to like say, okay, we're going after, we're going to get Deshaun Watson. They're the one team that is Deshaun Watson away from being a championship team and has the draft equity as well. Um there's no really reason at all to go over the AFC North. Yeah, I think that's I, I think that's the, the one Bengals. I think that's the one division when I looked at this actually that you could make the case that all four quarterbacks would be returning. I think the only question mark I have, well, first of all, I have a big question in my head: Why the hell would would the Pittsburgh Steelers sign Dwayne Haskins? But that's that's a story for another day. That. Um, that's one. But I guess that's if you look at the teams in this division, though, that's probably the situation where you have this elite young talent at wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, and you have a quarterback that you had an offensive coordinator that I think struggled you know, kind of managing this offense in the second half of the season. They couldn't run the football effectively. Roethlisberger looked very different in the second half of the season than he did in the first. Do you think the Steelers are a candidate to potentially draft a quarterback somewhere in this draft? I, I'm, I'm curious. I do, but I think, like, they're going to, like, you know, look, Ben Roethlisberger basically came out and said in the last day or so, I'm willing to play for nothing, basically. Just give me one more year. So I think that's going to be the case. Um, but I do think that they need to draft a quarterback in the future because right now the quarterback for the, of the future for the Pittsburgh Steelers to lead them to a championship is not in their building. Um, so I, I agree. I agree with that. So we could just go to the AFC South and um, where, with the exception of Tannehill, there figures to be a there's almost certainty to be a different starting quarterback at the start of next season than it was to end this season. So why don't you have that at Colts, Texans, Jags, and um, tell us what you think? Yeah. So you know, based on my 
based on me thinking that Tua ends up being the quarterback for the Houston Texans, you know, on, on the trade that I think is going to potentially happen there. Uh, for Jacksonville, you know, you know, Trevor Lawrence seems like it's going to be the situation. I don't know that that does Jacksonville stick their nose in there. It's a possibility. I thought when things were all said and done after last season, especially with Frank Reich as the quarterback, and then you added Phillip Rivers um, as, as someone retiring, is because of the huge cap space that, that Indianapolis does in fact have. They have to address that left tackle position um, and the offensive line. Probably need to do that in the draft in some in some way, shape, or form, or via free agency. But to me, it seemed like Carson Wentz as an Indianapolis Colt because of familiarity with Frank Reich. Uh, and I know, you know, I, I know they're dealing with a situation where, if, oddly enough, uh, and the irony in this is, is the former offensive coordinator, Sirianni, is now with the Philadelphia Eagles. He's going to have to make a determination of who's his, gonna be his quarterback, whether it's going to be, um, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, um, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts or, 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 or Carson Wentz. Uh, you know, to me, I thought Wentz would be a great fit because Reich has that familiarity. I think it's still a player they like. So I'm going to I know you mentioned Easton, but I'm going to say that Carson Wentz finds his way onto this roster. It's a big contract. They can fit it. I just have a strange feeling about it. Uh, they think the relationship with Reich is part of that for me. And, and you know, as you mentioned, Tannehill is going to be the, 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 the steady presence uh, in this particular division. Right. Trevor Lawrence for the Jags. And uh, and so, who do you think is going to end up as a Texans starter? Yeah, so it'll be two in that trade with Miami. I think two will be the, the, the starter oh, for the yeah, Texans. Right. Okay, gotcha. Okay, um, yeah. See, to me, the the Carson Wentz situation is a little a little a little trickier with his contract in the sense that they're going to have to not only give the team that takes Carson Wentz, not only going to have to take. Carson trade Carson Wentz in the team and pay that salary. They they may have to give picks for the team to actually take Carson Wentz. This is a whole different situation. I, I'm just thinking that I think Sirianni took that job with the intention of that. I know Carson Wentz, and I think we could turn the situation around. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna think that we'll get to the Eagles in a little bit when we get to the NFC. But I'm gonna go with Jacob Eason. Like I know they drafted him, and there's some talks about uh, you know bringing a veteran quarterback. I, I get all that, but I think he he may prove uh, to be a real sleeper in all of this. And uh, I'm gonna pick pick him to be the starter for the Colts. Um, even though I certainly wouldn't be shocked. Tannehill, we know. Trevor Lawrence, we know, is going to take, be taken first by the Jags. And I'm going to go the Texans next year to have Teddy Bridgewater as their starter. I think it's going to be a completely rebuilding situation for the Texans when they make this trade. And obviously, by telling you Bridgewater, I think that the trade is going to be with the Panthers. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, but... Yeah, very, it's a very interesting division where you certainly have three teams that are going to have different quarterbacks at the start of uh, next season. Yeah, I think, you know, look, uh, David Tepper, the now owner of the Carolina Panthers, he made his, uh, he made his uh, financial gains in the financial markets uh, you know, as, as a trader. And uh, would it surprise me? Look, I think this team made some significant strides, uh, Carolina, that is, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. And so I could see something like that happening. I think the, the, the thing about that 
uh, Houston job is there's just so many question marks too around their skill position players too. So it's it's a, it's a tough situation there without a doubt. Um, yes, I'll, I'll finish it up and start with the AFC West, and you could add your thoughts. Not much, not, not anything, obviously, to talk about with Kansas City and Mahomes. Uh, Herbert, obviously, is, is, is looks like a promising young player, and uh, the Chargers are going to expect him to continue uh to, to grow and grow. I assume that the Raiders are going to stick with Carr, who played well, didn't play well in some spots, but I think, you know, the comfort level with Gruden, I think that that's a married couple at this point. And I think the last situation that, or the only situation that is questionable for the start of next season is Drew Locke with the Broncos. And I think what the Bears are going to do is to kind of hedge their bets. And I'm predicting that they're going to sign a one-year prove-it deal with Mitch Trubisky to bring him in and kind of like have Trubisky, let's say, to light a fire on the lock and then have Trubisky as to hedge their bet if it doesn't go well for lock. So I don't know who's going to win that starting job. But I think that the Bears bringing in Trubisky, I don't think like drafting a quarterback makes sense for them. You know, that it, that's really giving up on a player that you just drafted yourselves with an early pick. So I'm predicting Trubisky to come in there and battle lockout for the uh, starting job in Denver next year. How do you see it? Yeah, so it's interesting. I mentioned Mariota. And so they're kind of, if you think about Trubisky and Mariota, that they're kind of similar quarterbacks. Mariota has hinted that he's He's may not re-sign with with the Las Vegas Raiders. So I like your train of thought in terms of the type of player. Now, whether the Broncos draft somebody again or they sign someone, I think that's the likelihood. So I think Trubisky and Mariota are a little similar in terms of what they can do on the football field in terms of their mobility. Look, the Denver Broncos have talent on offense here. There's no question about that. So you say Trubisky here. I'm going to throw Mariota's hat in this particular ring. Yeah, same kind of situation, same type of thought process, and uh, I could I could certainly see that as well. Somebody that come in there that they could hedge their bets with, and also maybe give Locke some competition and uh, see what they have in the player, and then if if it fails, go to more of a veteran quarterback. And uh, so I, I could see that as well. Let's go to the NFC, and uh, let's go to the NFC East, where uh, injuries disgruntled players and the team that's going to take a rookie quarterback for sure. Um, you know, the Giants with Daniel Jones is only the sure certain bet that you could make for the Giants. I assume that the Cowboys are going to do something with Dak. Uh, hopefully they're not going to just, you know, um, just uh, again tag them. Um you know, and they're either going to sign to a long-term deal, you know, or they're just going to part ways. But I'm going to assume that Dak will be the starter next year. I see it the other way with the Eagles, like I mentioned. I think that they're going to try and fix Wentz, and certainly at the start of the season, it will be Wentz. I know you're kind of seeing it a different way. And the Washington football team is going to take a quarterback with their pick. That's a, a surefire bet. And I'm going to say that they take Mac Jones from Alabama, uh, who I think will be available when they're picking. And uh, that's how I see the NFC East. How do you see it? You know, I really wish that this – Dak Prescott thing. I'm, I'm so tired of hearing about this. We've been literally talking about this for the better part of the last few seasons. Just get this thing done with, especially with everything that's going on here. We know the numbers that this guy was putting up last year. 
You know, I think the complicated part is when you invest so much in your quarterback, it, it makes things you know more com- more challenging for the rest of your roster. But but Dak Prescott's the right guy to lead this team. He, he's a winner. They've got a a good backup in Dalton. Dalton proved he could keep the team team somewhat competitive. Uh, when he's not around. I agree with you on the Giants. Um, as you know, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be the quarterback of the Eagles next year. Uh, I think they'll probably bring in a veteran behind them, you know, that to, to kind of to kind of help out in, in the event of an injury. Uh, and Washington's got an interesting situation. I, I agree that they're going to draft someone. I just haven't decided who it is. I like your thinking around Jones. I, I do think, given what Tyler Haneke did in, in the playoffs, and I think there is familiarity with the Ron Rivera system, could I see him easily being a backup on this team? Absolutely, and, and, and maybe fighting for a job uh, to start for the Washington football team uh, in the beginning of the 2021 season. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be. I just feel that I, they're going to take a quarterback. It's just a matter of, uh, of, um, of, of which one of those players they take. And, uh, okay, so why don't you uh, go to the uh, NFC North where um, there was a big trade made between the Lions and Rams and uh, – this seems to be a disgruntled player in this division and a team that, you know, is, is does not have a quarterback that they have any confidence in going into the next season. So God, talk about the NFC North and what do you think is going to happen there? Yeah, so obviously we know that Jared Goff is now a Detroit Lion. They still get a young player, uh, you know, who's on a decent-sized contract. But, look, they've they, they, they've made the willingness to, to make this deal, and, and that's, what, that's the bed that they've made. Um, I still have a bit of a question mark around, uh, you know, look, I, I think Cousins actually had a very solid year this season. He put up some big numbers in the second half of the season. I, I don't think at this point there's no reason to think that they're going to change uh, hands here. But I could see the Minnesota Vikings actually drafting a quarterback. Uh, may, might be in the later rounds, but I could see them bringing somebody in. I don't think they're going to look to resign. Cousins to any kind of big deal. So that's the way I see that. I think the Green Bay situation has kind of resolved itself. There was a lot of emotions that first day after that loss, um, you know, to, uh, in the NFC finals. But I think Aaron Rodgers, look, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to make some demands about what this team could do, especially at the slot slot position and and maybe have a say a little bit more in, in what's going on offensively. But, but I think Rodgers will ultimately be that quarterback. I think the most challenging thing for me to figure out here is what the heck's going to happen with Chicago uh, because Nick Foles is kind of still left here. Uh, I, I guess he would be someone, but you know, are the Bears a candidate to be drafting somebody or bringing in another quarterback of, of some way, shape, or form? You know, again, a guy like Heineke who who actually showed you something in terms of what he could do in, in a playoff game is he a guy they could bring in here? I, I think. I think Chicago would like to have some mobility with their quarterback, and they do not get that with Nick Foles. I think the offense that they want to run, they do like what Mitch Trubisky can do with his mobility, but at the same time, there's not a, co- a lot of confidence with him as a, as a playmaker in the pass game. So I, I, see, I see the Bears trying to find some quarterback that has some mobility. And, you know, like I said, I mentioned a guy like Heineken. I could see him kind of finding his way onto a roster like the Bears, but I don't kind of love the situation around this offense, especially since more than likely that Allen Robinson is going to be moved out of this equation. Yeah, it's a difficult situation. I mean, you know, Rodgers in Green Bay, you know, um, Cousins in Goff, um, you know, uh, with, with the Lions and Vikings. And, I, you know, I think, I don't know, I mean, I, I, could I see 
Trubisky and the Bears, like him saying, okay, I want to stay here, you know, I'll take a real discount to stay. I, could I see that? I could see that. But similar, they're picking, you know, in the mid to late round of the first round and same kind of areas, the Washington football team. So I have been taking uh, a rookie quarterback. I mean, one of those guys like Mac Jones, I mentioned before, to the Washington football team or Trey Lance from North Dakota, uh, State going here to the Bears. I see them definitely taking a rookie quarterback, uh, just trying to get somebody for their future because it's certainly not in their building with Trubisky or Nick Foles at this point in time. So I think they'll take a quarterback, if not with their first-round pick, certainly uh, later on. We'll certainly get more specific with our draft picks in the spots like we, you know, we've always done and uh, we did on the podcast before the draft last year. Which is uh, which will be a lot of fun um, as well. So moving to the NFC South, what's funny about this division is the only thing that's a sure thing is a 43-year-old quarterback. After that, you have the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Saints. Um, so we know Brady at his age is the only sure thing in this division. I believe the Saints are going to give Jameis Winston a real chance next year to be the starter. I think. He's just a better thrower of the ball than Taysom Hill. And on top of that, their offense works better when Taysom Hill could come in and play some plays at quarterback, run the ball, catch the ball, block a tight end, do different things. So I think Winston gives them a better thrower and allows Taysom Hill to be the real all-everything type of player which the Saints prefer him to play at. I think Watson will be the quarterback of the Panthers. I think this is a a best case for both teams where the Panthers are probably going to willing to give up the world in terms of draft picks picks and Teddy Bridgewater. And the Texans don't want to trade him to the division. They probably don't even want to keep him in the AFC. It makes sense. Sure, the Dolphins has more, have more equity, but I just think that the one team that will be more desperate to look at these teams that have all aging quarterbacks and a real chance to be the powerhouse of this division over the next few years is the Carolina Panthers. And I think the Falcons are going to have either Zach Wilson or Josh Fields as their starting quarterback next season as I see Matt Ryan heading off to the West Coast. How do you see the NFC South? Yeah, I'm with you on the last one. Uh, Matt Ryan's had a great career with the Falcons. He's He got them to the Super Bowl. But I, I don't know. They just can't get over the edge here. I think the familiarity that Kyle Shanahan has with um, Matt Ryan as a starting quarterback and the success that they actually had together uh, is somewhat compelling. There are weapons here. Uh, you know, I think I, I love this receiving core. And I think if, if Matt Ryan's going to move anywhere, it's to the Niners. And I'm in, I'm in a similar line of thought with you there. Um, I had Bridgewater staying with Carolina, but I'm not going to fight you, uh, you know, on, 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 on how you're thinking about this because I, I agree with that. You know, Brady, to me, is definitely staying put um, and, and going to play there another year. I, I think you could see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Blaine Gab- Gabbard as the backup quarterback. And when you have a 43, 44-year-old guy, you have to think about the future that, you know, for, at, at some point in time. So could, in the later rounds, Tampa Bay take another quarterback? Could easily see something like that. And I completely agree with you at New Orleans. In fact, 
I think there was some signs that Drew Brees kind of gave it away. Uh, he was seen mouthing, this is your team now, to Jameis Winston uh, on the sidelines. I mean, he knows a lot about what's going on in that quarterback room. And I think that's probably the right direction uh, for, for Jameis Winston, who had the privilege of obviously learning in, in the environment with you know, in, in a year with, with a guy like Drew Brees and, and with Sean Payton. So that's kind of the way I see New Orleans going as well and mixing in, obviously, Taysom Hill on a lot of that utility stuff that the, uh, that the, that the New Orleans Saints like to employ in their offense. Yeah, I mean, the Falcons have got to take a quarterback with that number four pick. <clears throat> I'm not sure if they'll get the quarterback they want if the Jets – make a trade with a team that's starving to take the number, you know, and like if you're the Falcons and you absolutely love one of those two quarterbacks over the other, you may be willing to even make a trade with the Jets from four to two, which would be music to the Jets ears if they're going to stick with Sam Donald. So, but the one thing we know is that the Falcons are going to take a quarterback with that number four pick. So we'll go to the NFC West where we both uh, have the same view. Matty Ryan, um, playing with the 49ers next year and uh it kind of looks like the stone with russ wilson matt stafford and um and kyla murray do you uh anything you want else to add about the division no no i think i i look i i think there's a lot of people when it comes to this coming draft that are all pumped up right now for matt stafford and and the skill play uh, skill player positions here i think you'll see Certainly, in, on a lot of people's draft boards, very high rankings of all those players as a result. They've all taken a step up. I, I think, you know, as I mentioned, Russell Wilson took such a step back in the second half of the season. I, I think the Seattle Seahawks have to figure out what they're going to be doing on offense. And I think the tight end position is, is one that is going to need addressing and how they kind of utilize this in the offense. But, uh, you know, again, I think obviously Russell Wilson will be the quarterback here. You know, you mentioned Kyle Murray. You were a little bit worried about him. But, you know, look, he's got to stay healthy. He got hurt a couple of times at the end of this year. He had a magnific- magnificent start to the year. Uh, so hopefully he can kind of build upon this season. But, you know, as we talked about, the situation in San Francisco with George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, who I think is going to just be a phenomenal football player. Uh, I think you have a situation where Debo Samuel didn't play this year, but also talented. You have very, very skilled receivers. I do like Raheem Mostert. He's got to stay on the field. I like the signing of Jeff Wilson. This offense runs efficiently. Uh, I think they'll continue to add to this offense with pieces, either via free agency or in the draft. But a great landing spot for Matt Ryan, uh, especially with a guy that he knows very well in Kyle Shanahan. No, well, yeah, there's there's no question about that, and, and and they have to feel like some of these teams like there's some urgency here, like, you know, like Matt Ryan doesn't have another ten years or five years, maybe even left in the NFL. Like he has some good football left in him, and uh, I'm sure there's urgency for him to get that elusive Super Bowl. And boy, I know that him and Shanahan together feel like they let that Super Bowl get away from them. They love nothing more than have some redemption. So it'll be an interesting storyline. Uh, with the Rams and potentially the 49ers getting terrific veteran quarterbacks in the same division. You'll have a, a division with Kyle Murray, Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford, and Matt Ryan. And uh, Boy, I've never sat down and thought about that, but you may have to consider that to be one of the greatest quarterback divisions in the history of the NFL if, uh, if that takes place where you have like four really terrific, you know, uh, different two veterans, two younger guys. Well, Russell is not really that young anymore. He's kind of like in the middle, but, um, 
just terrific quarterback play. And I'm sure the 49ers are looking and saying, we need to create a quarterback in there to compete with those other teams. I think the one thing that, you know, we talked about this during the season that we thought there was a chance that all four of those teams could make the playoffs, uh, you know, in, in the recent, in, in the past season, uh, when you look at those four teams, I mean, I don't even know how to rank those teams right now. I uh, grant that San Francisco has got to find a new, uh, a new defensive leader. They lose Robert Saleh, obviously to, uh, and actually a new offensive coordinator because they lost both of those guys to the jets. But, on the surface, once again, coming into this football season, I have to say that this division is is the best division in football. Just looking at it right here, right now, without any changes, the talent in this division looks to – and if we assume that Matt Ryan, in fact, is the quarterback of, of the San Francisco 49ers, these four teams are going to be you know, probably in the top seven in the NFC in terms of rankings. Yeah, there's, there's all, all good teams. I want to ask you about two. I'm going to give you two names. And uh, so I know I mentioned Trubisky. So do you see Trubisky being um, a starter next year for somebody, just absolutely a backup, or kind of like one of those quarterback competition jobs, like we mentioned with Denver or the Eagles potentially, or uh, if they move Wentz I'm talking about, or or Bridgewater, you know, where they have a starter, but like, I don't know, they, they don't necessarily love their guy. So give me Trubisky. How do you see it? Where do you think he starts the season next year? Yeah, I, I don't see him as a starter or backup. Yeah, I, I don't see him as a bear. I do see him as in the, uh, is one of these guys that's in, in, in a competition situation. So and there's so many different situations that you can look at, you know, across the NFL. Even even let's say I'm right and Wentz leaves, right? Could the Eagles sign somebody like him? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, or uh, Washington football team, or, 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 even if they take a quarterback, a cor- rookie quarterback. Correct. Right? Yep. Exactly. So I, I that's the way I see. I, I don't. I th- I just think the whole Nagy's played so many games around dialogue around around Trubisky. I I, I just do not. I, I don't think the fits right. I think he's. I think Mitch Trubisky's going to find a place to you know, play football and, you know, maybe take that chance that a guy like Ryan, Ryan Tannehill took a few years ago and look how it's benefited him. So I'll give you one more name and uh, I don't know, I guess just for the fun of it, give me a percentage uh, from zero to a hundred percent that you think this quarterback will be a starting quarterback next year. If he is a starting quarterback, you certainly know what team will be on Andrew Buck. <laughs> wow. You know, uh, you know, it's really funny that you mentioned that. I, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who, who, who's a Colt fan, uh, and, and we were talking about this. And I think this conversation probably goes back about eighteen months ago. And you know, to really at that time, he was soaking in the reality of of, of Andrew Luck retiring, and really just a, you know a guy at the top of his game. We we know he came back and he had such a magical season. That's first season back, even though there were so many question marks. I, I remember watching. Tony Kornheiser and um, and Wilbon and they were joking around in, in the in the whole preseason leading up into that season that all Andrew Luck was doing was throwing a mini football at that point in time and he had a great season and then lo and behold he retires um, oh, percentage that he played wow we holy moly you know what team he'll be on and yes. we certainly don't need to go over that and we certainly know if he does come back he'll be a starter now so the thing that makes me you know, dubious about it is he's one of these like thoughtful guys. Very cerebral. Yep. Good these last couple of years. 
years. He didn't like, you know, the injury. He's a young guy, and he didn't like it. But, I mean, I don't know. You see Urshay put these things out there about we always have room and our arms are welcomed wide open for Andrew Luck. I'm just wondering if, you know, the situation, he's certainly young enough. Uh, I'm sure he's feeling healthy. I'm sure he watches the Colts and realizes he likes what he sees with Jonathan Taylor in that line. And, boy, he'd love to get in there and win a Super Bowl. But, you know, look, the one thing that you've learned over time with sports is you just can never say never. So, while I don't think it's likely, do you think it's completely zero? Or do you give a little credence to it? Or is it noise? Or... You know, what's the overall thoughts about Andrew Luck? Um, so I would say being that he's still, I, 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 what is he, 31, 32 years old at this point in time? And and the Colts do have one of the better offensive lines, even without uh, Costanzo, which, again, I talked about. They're, they're going to need to address that. But I think given everything that you've kind of laid out, the personnel that they have, the coach that they have, the relationship that the owner and the quarterback do have, the vacancy as we speak about right at this moment, I'm going to put those odds at somewhere between 10 and 15%. That's high. That's a, that's high. I mean, that that's a lot. I mean, I think you're above the market on that one. I'm not saying I disagree with you. I'm just saying you're, you're probably above the market on what most people would view. But certainly an interesting story. And uh, I guess, you know, what a follow-up question would have to be, you know, I'm not going to ask this of, the, of this to you to do right now, but where would you rank Andrew Luck if he comes out of a two-year retirement right into that team? I mean, has he become certainly a quarterback one, a top five guy? I mean, you know, it, it would be so interesting um, how to rank him you know, all coming off coming off a couple of years of retirement. So I will tell you this. Uh, a few years ago, I got burned in one of my leagues. To, actually, our, our main league that we're in, 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 uh, in, in the Pelham League, uh, I had him as a keeper, and unfortunately, I, I lost him. I went back and I did redraft him uh, that, that first year. Uh, I got it. <laughs> I got him at a discount, and he ended up having a top three season, even though my partner, Mike, uh, completely chastised me for doing so. Um, so I'm gonna, I would definitely say, and, and I'm very enamored by the player, uh, I, I would definitely say he would be a top 10 quarterback. I don't think he'd be a top five, but I definitely would rank him as a top 10 quarterback. Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I probably would agree with that analysis especially a ranking somewhere right in there, right off the bat, right out of, right off of uh, not playing football for over two years, right in between six and 10. That's how talented he, he is certainly. But, uh, but I think you mentioned, I think you mentioned a, a very interesting point. This is a guy, he's a very, very smart guy. His dad is a very bright guy. Like, could you see a guy like, I could see like Andrew Luck is kind of like the, like the way Shane Battier, uh, like from a political stand, like you could see these guys in office somewhere, like a Shane Battier, uh, and Andrew Luck, I could see Andrew Luck if if he so desired to be a politician. He he is a very very articulate and bright guy. Um, he, he knows the game very well, but I think he's also you know he's one of these guys that you you like to listen to talk. He's he's got a lot of interests outside of football. Uh, so you know again, my odds are probably a little bit too high. But this is this is a super sharp gentleman and uh, someone that we could see somewhere down the road making an impression doing something else. I have not seen him speak at all. Have you seen any interviews with him, uh, either, either either via print or, or, or on video? I have not seen anything about Andrew Luck, other than the Ursay comments. I have not seen anything about him. 
Yeah, no, I mean, not, not. He's, you know, he's really like one of these guys that like uh, stayed out of it and, you know, avoided, you know, avoids all kinds of trouble or controversy. But to your point, he is absolutely one of the most interesting guys to talk, you know, listen to speak. Obviously, you don't get a chance to talk to him, but listen to what he says. And he has so many interests and creative things that he talks about and says, and he's, he's a real entertaining guy. He once, uh, I think it was last year, the year before, he just went for a walk and he happened to run into a wedding and he just hung out at the wedding with these people and they loved it. And he's just like, you know, one of these guys that is very, very interesting. But, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, I just, it would be hard pressed for me to see a guy like that who obviously has other interests and can do other things and can make uh, a lot of money in other, in other ways because he, you know, whatever, an elite Stanford graduate, uh, one of these guys who's, you know, just such an interesting character. He could do a myriad of things and, uh, and, be, and be just fine. But uh, I'm sure just like any other great athlete, the desire to come back. I once saw Fran Tarkenton who says, who used to say when he was 50, 55 years old, he would cry in the preseason about the thought of wanting to come back and play even at that age. So it always with the makeup of the person. So I, I, I don't think so. I think you're probably right in most likely not. But it'll be interesting if those talks start to heat up and the Colts don't address the situation of quarterback with a veteran guy. So we'll see how that goes. But I think I'll just throw that name out there because he's been completely forgotten about. But he's one of these guys that automatically would go from forgotten to amazingly relevant in the matter of an instant. Oh yeah, oh that you know it would be it would certainly be a huge huge story uh, for the for the entire league if he did come back. So yeah, yeah it's like Des Bryant trying to make a comeback. Like if he makes a comeback or whatever, and he catches one pass for seven yards every game, okay. But this is a different scenario. You're talking about a guy becoming relevant to the NFL, the Colts, the everything, fans, and certainly the fantasy football community as well. So. Just an interesting name, and uh, I thought it would be a fun idea to throw his name, put it in the, throw his hat in the ring, and see uh, and see what uh, what happens there. But uh, yeah, great topic, uh, and we'll address this more as the season uh, as we get closer to the draft. All right, fantastic. So this is the Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast again. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on SoundCloud. Uh, this is the week of the big game. We didn't cover the game today, but uh, lots to come uh, as the week progresses. We'll, we'll certainly be talking about it uh, as the Super Bowl looms ahead. Tampa Bay Buccaneers squaring off against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we will be watching the weather. There are some reports of some rain, so we'll see what happens there. But otherwise, Wiz, you have a good rest of the day, and uh, we'll talk later in the week. Got it.